James from BerryFlow here with Chris, editor-in-chief of CrackBerry. We like to call him Blaze. And as well, we're here with Alex Bass of CyberBytes Inc. How are you both doing tonight? Doing good. Good, good. Excellent. And it's good to have you guys on. We have a pretty solid week from BlackBerry, kind of news all around, not just a bunch of the same news like we had last week with the good acquisition, right? <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you know, that, that integration goes well. I think that's kind of the only thing I'm, I'm looming about. Do you guys have any, like, thoughts on the good acquisition now that it's kind of settled? I know there was a giant, like, Forbes article that went out about it, and it was just, like, a deep analysis, and it seems the media is picking the news up pretty well and thinks it's actually a smart move for BlackBerry. What do you guys think of it? Uh, it's obviously a good move for BlackBerry. I mean, they pretty much basically bought out all of the Android and iOS users that were on good. I don't know. It, it's kind of like one of those things where it, if you're into MDM and all that stuff, it's going to be a good good thing to actually see BlackBerry, especially if you're invested in BlackBerry as well. But I don't know. To me, it's kind of like, eh, that's cool because I don't use any of the MDM features or anything like that. So, But overall, it's going to be you know, one of those things that people are going to look back on and be like, oh, well, that was a pretty good acquisition for BlackBerry at that point. Yeah, and I, I think we'll get a better idea, too, uh, during the earnings call and everything that goes on. They'll at least go through some more numbers and maybe some, you know, what they're hoping to do with it, because I'm sure people will be asking more questions about good and... Um, I think right now, you know, we're just kind of at that acquisition period, and I don't even know if they're really doing too much with it yet anyway. So once we start seeing them redesigning apps and integrating it better and doing that kind of stuff, I think it'll be a little bit more interesting. Yeah, the deal still has to go through all the, you know, regulatory FCC type yeah. stuff anyway. So at least, you know, it seems that they're moving forward. It is one of their largest purchases to date. So again, as Alex kind of just mentioned, the integration of how they're going to reskin, retool, rebrand everything, or keep it kind of segmented and keep it flourishing is going to be interesting. I'm driving home the other day, and I, I look across to the car next to me, and of course, someone has their phone driving, but what are they doing? They're trying to load their good app so they can uh, check on their work emails. So, <laughs> so earliest news that we had this week was talks of the BBM beta getting a good update. Uh, I don't have access to the BBM beta any longer, but I, both of you guys do. We got Sticker Club access. What's the Sticker Club about? Oh, go on <laughs> it, Chris. Go on it. <laughs> Ridiculousness. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, with the BBM beta, I mean, when you sign up for it, when you actually go into the uh, into the shop and you look down and you see the, the Sticker Club symbol under your subscription options and stuff like that, it basically says, download sticker packs from the BBM shop that have the BBM sticker club symbol. These sticker packs are only available to sticker club members. As long as your sticker club subscription is active, you can, you can send stickers downloaded from the sticker club, which is great. So basically, uh, you have access to all of these amounts of stickers, but unfortunately, during the beta process, there's only one sticker pack that's currently available. Uh, so you don't you don't actually really get to see what it is. I basically signed up, paid a dollar ninety nine for the beta, which is I don't know. Previous betas, they they basically gave all that stuff away for free. They were like, here, try it out through the beta process, and you can you know. If you like it, then you can subscribe to it. But no, I paid a dollar ninety-nine for basically one 
one sticker pack right now, <laughs> which can be downloaded from the shop anyway. So, for the same know, exact like, price. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it's kind of I don't know. I like the idea of being able to use all these stickers, but realistically, there's not a whole lot going on with the actual beta right now. So there's not a lot to talk about. Like how many how many sticker packs is there? eventually going to be in the, I don't know, it just seems like a rather silly beta to me right at this point because there's nothing really in there. You only get one sticker pack and I don't even like the sticker pack that's in there. It's it's funny because so many people have had like trouble with BBM stickers in general, like some of the BBM updates like knocking out their sticker packs. I know I had to like shoot my, my BBID across devices a couple times to get some of mine back, like the South Park and the Archie the Turtle. Sticker Club is a good idea. We had mentioned discussing it on previous upstreams as well, so at least it's kind of cool that they're doing something like this. Subscriptions are, are interesting as a model for them, especially when people don't necessarily want to spend a bunch of money on these stickers just to have them and use them maybe a couple times. Like I feel like Alex would probably be more prone to, if he was going to purchase stickers, buy them through a subscription as opposed to just going out and buying them individually. Yeah, I don't even know if you guys can see that, but there's only, like, one sticker pack that's in there. What's and the title? Ellie's Day? Or? Uh, Ella's Daily. So, it as, as it says, it's denoted by, like, a little icon by the side so that you know it's part of the sticker club pack. So you can tap on it, and I don't have to pay for that sticker pack. I just tap on Get, and, it, you know, it adds it to my stickers, but... Literally, that's the only only sticker pack that's in there. Like I was, I was kind of mad because you know obviously this is a beta. So number one, why did I have to pay for it? And number two, I was mad after I paid for it because there's only <laughs> one sticker pack. It's not like, a good what the one. Hell? Right? This doesn't work, right? Yeah. So let's see. Let's see if uh, the other side of that update works, right? Yeah. Alex. Talk to I'm us like, about this further. PayPal support. I mean, it was close to just Canada. Is that still the case? No, so it's actually in the U.S. now. I think, I don't know if it was just the U.S. or if they added a few other places, but... No, they added a few other places. Yeah. So, essentially, what kind of I've finally been able to do is try and ten, or you know send some test money over. And I, there have been some videos out there of people sending it over, but they were using a credit card and there's a fee. And, and I guess a question that at least I had was, well, do you get charged a fee? Because that'd be a little bit ridiculous to send money to your friends. Well, you know, here's a picture that I took. Um, you know, using a bank account, they don't charge you any fees, just like PayPal normally does. So it, it acts exactly like PayPal and it's just a very quick easy thing to do. Um, so if you do it with a credit card obviously PayPal gets charged a fee because you're using a credit card so they're gonna charge you that fee and if you're just sending it through a bank account there's no fee so it's kind of like a nice thing to see. It worked you know perfectly as you'd expect it to. Um, I'm just hoping that more people of course get you know I hope they just get it out of beta and so I can actually use it with some friends and see how it works in practice rather than just like testing. The, the way it looks now, it looks like it's just an addition within BBM. What I don't want them to do is do it like a monthly subscription to then have access to PayPal. I think that would I just can't imagine the purpose, you know? Yeah. No, that means... Yeah. yeah, what we were looking at, Alex, previously, is was that a web view, or was it a, a yeah. natively built 
it was just kind of a rapper type thing. Nope, so it was definitely a rapper. Like, when I first went in, it made me log in to my PayPal account and kind of just, like, give access to, to BBM. But, like, even this view, I'm pretty sure it was a web view that popped up with the way it loaded and everything like that. So it's really nothing special. Um, they could probably integrate it a little bit nicer, but maybe this was kind of a proof of concept. And, or maybe it's the final version, because it works as you'd want it to work, so whatever. But, like, they could make you know, right here, have, like, accept or something, but instead you have to scroll down and click OK. So that's one of the downsides of having a web view as opposed to doing some more, you know, integration with it. So it's available in the UK, US, France, Germany, Italy, South Africa, Spain, and, of course, Canada at this point. And I don't know, it's to me it's kind of like one of those cool things to have actually integrated into BBM, but, you know, at the same time it's, like, Okay. Yeah. You're you're basically only catching up with every other platform that already has apps and stuff. So <laughs> like, you know that that sounds harsh, but that that's the truth. Like every other Snapchat, you can send money in. You know, right? yeah. Like, you know, there there's nothing huge or spectacular about it. Good good that they added it. I'll probably use it at some point in time. But you know, it, it's another one of those things that's like. You're probably like five years a little bit too late on this one. Sorry. Yeah. It takes a, a lot. It's extremely difficult right now to get Chris excited about library. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, we do have a little bit coming to a head here. John Chen looking to speak at Code Mobile in October. Very interesting kind of timeline there with what we've got alleged in terms of the slider launch in November. Do you think we're going to hear anything at Code Mobile in regard to either maybe the OS platform and BlackBerry's mobile endeavors or maybe more specifically about the slider device? Or do you think he's going to keep it kind of general like it was last year where he, he bounced around questions, didn't really uh, <laughs> give us a lot? Well, I have, I have essentially two hopes. Well, no. I have two ideas about that. I have hopes and expectations, I guess you could say. I hope, because of the timeline and everything like that, like we know for a fact that uh, BlackBerry has their their earnings call on, what was it, the 24th or the 25th? 25th. Um, so hopefully, I mean, if you take everything under consideration and you look at the, at the landscape, I hope that they go ahead and they basically announce some of the slider stuff during the actual earnings call because if you guys recall that's exactly what they did when they announced the BlackBerry Classic and they announced the BlackBerry Passport and the earnings call basically comes one day past a year of when the BlackBerry Passport was announced so I'm hoping that John Chan actually says something about the slider during the earnings call that sort of sets him up to go into Code Mobile or recode, um, so that he can actually say more about it and lay out some more detailed plans. Because when you think about it, if he doesn't say anything about it before then, what are they going to ask him about? They're obviously going to put him on the spot and ask him about the BlackBerry slider. What's he going to say? You know, the same thing that he said before. Go read the rumor blogs. You know, he he either has to he has to he has to either use that as an opportunity to say something about the slider or, and say exactly what their vision is for the slider or he has to pre-announce it at some point in time. I mean, but, like I said, two scenarios. These are things that I hope happen. I 
don't know if I fully expect them to happen as of yet because I really I I just point don't know. Like they're they're being they're being pretty shady when it comes to actually talking about the slider at all. <laughs> I mean that's 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 a nice way of putting it, but but you know when it comes down to it, I think they're going to have to do it at some point in time soon because if they Number one, if they don't, obviously they're leaving people hanging for even longer. It's been since March since we even first heard about this damn slider device. So, you know, that even that is quite a long period of time to go without talking about something. It's not entirely unheard of because BlackBerry did the exact same thing with the Classic. The Classic seemed somewhat delayed for a long period of time. From when they actually announced it, they announced it as the Q20 um, and then they changed the name to the classic, and then it was finally released. But you know, it, they're leaving people hanging at this point in time, and especially with all of the rumors, whether or not they're going Android or anything like that, they they basically put a halt to their BlackBerry ten sales because people are waiting yeah. to see whether or not this slider exists. Um, you know, and I don't I don't think it's feasible. I don't think it's reasonable for them. To hold off any any longer, like if they if they go past December, and they say that they're going to move the slider into like 2016, you might as well not even release it at that point in time. You've lost people's interest. You know what I mean? Definitely, like, especially yeah, after gonna... especially after these uncontrolled leaks have kind of stoked the fire, right? Yeah, I mean people people are already onto these leaks. People are already anxious. Somebody's something's got to pop soon because of the fact that. You know the hype is there. If they wait too much longer, then they're gonna lose a lot of that hype. And they, yeah. you know, honestly, they they need the hype, whether they, you know, whether they actively want that leak hype or not. They they need it. They need to be able to go ahead and sell this device. So yeah, I mean, realistically, just looking at all of the other Android devices coming out. Obviously, now is the time where Android and iOS is coming out with things. People are making their decisions. Like, okay. You know, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna buy this device. I'm gonna buy that device. Well, if the BlackBerry slider isn't even on the map right now, people may make their decisions and or buy, say, an Android device, and they might, you know, kicking themselves in the foot over, you know, kicking themselves the Black... in the foot. <laughs> I'm so bad with these kind of things. <laughs> you know, um, seeing the BlackBerry Android, if whatever it is, I I just love to say we have to do this whole speculation thing, but. Yeah. Um, Whatever Consign everything with, with should, could, maybe mights, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's like realistically, they need to get something out to stop people from from buying something before knowing this exists. So it's like, get something yeah. solid out there. I mean, they, as much as I hate to say it, they already missed the window with people buying the iOS devices because yeah. the iPhone went on sale. But, you know, deep down, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that because really... There is no prime time for BlackBerry to go ahead and announce a device. Yeah, there's never, there's never been like, for the last couple of years yeah, a prime time for them. Yeah, to do exactly. This. There's never an ideal time, but however, at, at you know, on the on the same aspect, if they wait until December or move it into 2016, that is too late. There's never an ideal time, but there is a too late time. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a deadline here. If we look at how BlackBerry at least has executed with John Chen. 
the last couple of years, we saw him kind of begrudgingly pull out a passport. He's like, yo, bring, bring your passport, bring your classic at the AGM, <laughs> yeah. and showed off the devices. He's like, guys, we are working on something. Like, yeah. you know, hear, hear me now, believe me later. And that really stoked the fire. I think the message and the way it was delivered there was kind of like a nightmare because it almost looked a little bit of desperation in bringing them out when you didn't necessarily plan to. Yeah. If he does something more toward like a big mobile event like Recode, then it makes sense and the message can be a lot more controlled, right? Because you're on stage, you can't get misquoted or anything like that or, or things be taken out of context. You're going to have very direct questions and you're going to know how to answer them and have preparedness. So uh, I'm with you guys. I, I, I have hopes and expectations more leaning on the side of hopes at this point yeah. because BlackBerry's really not put out a lot in terms of... And Chris, you and I have talked about this as well where if they bring out an Android device, right, and there's no further update in terms of just news about BlackBerry 10 and what's going on with BlackBerry 10. It's almost an omission of BlackBerry 10's failure in the market. It's almost yeah. like we've swept it under the rug, and I don't think John Chen plans to do that. Obviously, we're probably planning continued support for the next couple of years if they were to adopt Android, okay. but that message needs to be made clear before the device becomes available. Yeah, because people yeah. will write that headline without really thinking about the impact it might have on the company. Well, you know? They've already they write written these headlines. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that mindset is already, at this point in time, just because of the fact that the, the device leaks are out there. You know, they, They've abandoned BlackBerry 10, which I don't necessarily think is the case. They're just moving on, and they're going to continue support for BlackBerry 10. That's, that's why they're... Their own comments on it, like no, we're not abandoning BlackBerry 10, is pretty much the same. You know, it's not a wrong statement. They're not abandoning BlackBerry 10. They're not leaving it behind. They can't. Just like they never left behind BlackBerry OS users, legacy <laughs> users. You know, but Playbook like, users. Uh, <laughs> well, Playbook users. Sorry about you. Fully committed to BlackBerry 10, and I just I don't see that at all. You know. Like, look at the Facebook app. Look at the Twitter app. Like, fully committed, I think, is a little bit of a, an overstatement. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but, you know, you have to look at the grand scheme of it all, too. Like, they can't, you know, BlackBerry 10 isn't just going to disappear. They sold however many millions of devices so far. So it it's not going it, to, it's not going to get playbooked. <laughs> playbooked. Not that easily. Apostrophe really. D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you guys think there's a, you know, if, if there's a move to Android happening at BlackBerry, <laughs> if there's a move to Android happening, with, um, do you think older devices are going to get it or is it going to be a this device forward type thing? I really don't think it's going to no, be regressive at all. No. Look, when it comes down to it, BlackBerry wants to make money. You don't make money by offering people new things on their older devices. And that, that typically has been BlackBerry's standard operating procedure for years long before John Chen, you know, think back to the curve days. You know, what what did they what happened with the BlackBerry curve? It came out. You want a GPS, you gotta buy another device. You want Wi Fi? Oh, you gotta buy another device. That mindset has not changed. Chris, you sound like a gangster. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> you want a slider? You gotta get Android. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying though, but like that that mindset, I don't I don't think that mindset has ever left BlackBerry. If you want something new, you got to buy it. And in in some ways, you know, they sort of they sort of did the thing most recently as well. Because what happened with the BlackBerry Passport, right? If you want a 
you had to buy a passport before you could actually download it to your previously purchased devices. So yeah, and, and you, you know, know you, that's make a, a prime you make example. you make a great point on passport because they could have done a passport trade-up program or a passport upgrade program to the SE, right? Where you, you swap devices, basically, you take a cut, but you still pay. But again, like you said, it's all about the money. It's no, you're going to buy the whole whole device again, you know? Yeah. So sell what you got if you can, and then you're going to buy this outright. So that's, yeah, that's a I think, pretty solid I think anybody waiting for a passport with Android is probably out of luck. You're, you're going to have to wait until, like... The passport too. That's going to be running Android. <laughs> I don't think they're going to offer you some magical, you know, loader that's going to throw Android onto your BlackBerry passport. But yeah. But it might leak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it becomes a, it becomes a possible. curious conversation. Chris, you and I, you and I had this in, on a one to one where it doesn't make any sense. But it is a capability that will still exist with BlackBerry 10. That these Android applications that they may be building for an Android device in the future would potentially have the ability to work and function on BlackBerry 10. Maybe not all of them, but maybe some of them, right? And it brings you back to this point where BlackBerry 10 is still so robust as is. Does it need these kind of substantial updates to keep it fresh? I look at the iPhone release and I look at things like Force Touch and I'm like, oh, you mean long press like I've had on BlackBerry 10 since 2014? <laughs> like it's not new, or it's not it's not inciting for me. I mean, we have invocation, we have all these kinds of things that they're now doing to make UI a little bit easier on those devices. And it, I don't know. I look at if you look at the UI paradigm right now for iOS, it's Playbook OS <laughs> basically, yeah, or Web OS even before it. It's basically Playbook OS. It's a little bit of Android. It's a little bit of Web OS. It's just a whole mixing pot of everything that has already existed until this point. And you know who can, who can fault them for that? Because you know everybody everybody plays that game. I mean, even the Playbook OS itself was basically nothing but a ripoff of of, of uh, Web OS to a certain point, right? You know, and even you know, they BlackBerry took stuff from Mego in order to make BlackBerry 10. They took inspiration from that. So, uh, it's it's the landscape. The landscape is basically use what's good, and if you can improve upon it, that's that's always been Apple's forte, anyways. Take something that is good and make it better, supposedly, quote unquote, better. <laughs> It's quote unquote good and better. I I feel like all the good jokes yeah. now are really really like cliche since since the acquisitions uh put been put on the table. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it's just kind of an interesting point for the community to kind of grasp that for BlackBerry right now, if this hardware division is to continue operating the way it does at the scale it does, they need to diversify the product portfolio. Period. And if yeah. an Android device tossing it in the mix helps. We can't we can't down them for it because again they're going to offer that sprinkled kind of experience. If you look at any of like the Motorola devices, you're kind of going to get the same thing where it's basically vanilla, but you toss in a couple apps and experiences to make it uniquely OEM, right? And and I think that's a potential here where it it'll be respectful to those Android users who are coming over and also the BlackBerry users who might be coming over as well. If again they launch an Android device. We have no idea at this point. Because <laughs> the silence Look, is deadly at the BlackBerry right now. <laughs> Look, man, they're launching an Android device. I don't think anybody <laughs> could deny that at this point in time. 
you, 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 right now we're at the point where <laughs> we might be able I, to deny a BlackBerry 10 device ever launched. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're launching a BlackBerry 10 slider. However, <laughs> they're definitely launching an Android Android slider. The thing with me is, like, if you brought an Android update regressively to your older devices, at least it would get you that market share instantly, right? Well, you wouldn't have to reacquire your customers again. But yeah, it's, kinda said, like, it's, it's a money thing, cat, you know, catch-22 type of thing, you know? Do we yeah, invest the money to get the users or not, and is it valuable? Kind of like how and, Windows did with Windows 10, basically. Mm-hmm. All the Windows Phone devices are no longer Windows Phone devices. They're Windows 10 devices. <laughs> what even does, like, say that they did backport it and make it so, like, every all the, say, 10 million current BlackBerry 10 users could get the Android update, like, what would those numbers even really mean for BlackBerry? Being able to say you have this many BB10 users is kind of a big deal because you fully, like, own and run the operating system. But when it's yeah. like, well, we have this amount of... I don't think Android users are that important to no. them. It's more of, like, they're doing this for the device sales and then, um, you know, apps, which can be on any Android device or iOS device in the future. So I don't think numbers will really matter as much. In that At that point, you're just adding to Android numbers, you know. Exactly. Yep. Again, you know, but how does that? How does that? How does that hurt? You know, we've got X number of people on X platform at this amount. Because right now, you talk about the value of BlackBerry 10 for them. There is no value right now. You know, even the the 12, you know, 14 million users they can claim right now, they're not making any money off of. A lot of that is residual from devices previously purchased. I mean, they're not moving leaps. They're not moving classics and passports at the same rate they were. And, and again, it comes back to that hyping point where this device is hot right now. It takes the top of Android on Reddit, you know, at least every other week, right? Because there's rumors or speculation or some garbage on there that's worth reading. But it's funny, I think, at the point where if they continue with this Android offering and really push this forward and market it, that it'll help change kind of the perception around the company and reestablish themselves as a secure software player. Because if they can secure Android... It's more like the brand value is more, more beneficial on Android than it would be on their own platform, which is obviously expected to be secure, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not necessarily one of those things you'd appreciate, but they could market this Android as you know our secure version of Android, you know, secured by BlackBerry, which again, for a marketing perspective, might be valuable for them. But <laughs> do you guys think we're going to see carrier side marketing or more BlackBerry marketing when this thing actually drops? I'm thinking more carrier side if anything at all, that the carriers yeah. may want to push this. I mean, honestly, I think this is probably the breaking point for carriers. They're going to go pretty hard. What are you drinking, James? This is a Smith Forge hard cider, actually. It's absolutely delicious. It, it, it really is, Chris. What, <laughs> what, are you, what are you vaping on right now? What flavor are you on like right now? I'm on like sour apple. Mm. But what's that? Is that like orange or is that like apple? No, this is straight apple. Yeah, this is good. It's a, it's a it's a pint, you know, at six percent. So, you know, something something to get me something to get me through the upstream. <laughs> beer. I love, beer sometimes I, I love beer in bulk. It's just too bubbly and, and messes with me. So I, need I to love cider. Up. Everybody always makes fun of me for drinking cider, but I'm like, <laughs> screw you guys. Strongbow for the win. Strongbow. No, <laughs> I believe they're gonna. I believe at this point in time where. It's not a BlackBerry 10 device, and it is an Android device. They're going to push it pretty hard um, on the carrier side. 
when it comes to the BlackBerry side in, in terms of marketing and stuff like that, I'm not entirely too sure how they how they plan on positioning that and putting that out there. But I believe I believe they'll probably be pretty beneficial on the carrier side to be able to go ahead and get some commercials out there, generate some excitement. And again, it just goes back to the fact that it's not a BlackBerry 10 device. It's an Android device. Android will help them push it. Alex, do you think this device will be sold on Verizon? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I've mentioned before that realistically, I think this is going to be one of those devices where I don't think any of the carriers want to risk missing out on it. Um, obviously, like Android is... A lot of the people... I've been reading some of the subreddit of Android, and no one's overly excited about a lot of the devices that are coming out. Um, currently, some people are. It might be due to like the 808 processor not being the greatest, or whatever, and the 810 not, not 810 not being the greatest, whatever. But it's like realistically, if don't there's no really, I didn't mean the 808. The 810 is the one that's overheating, and so people are using the 808, which is kind of older, whatever. But it's like people aren't necessarily fully like this is the, the smartphone I'm getting. Like, man, this is great. So people are actually getting their hopes up about BlackBerry. And can you imagine finally the first Android phone from such a large manufacturer that's, you know, BlackBerry has existed at Verizon and all these other major carriers for, you know, since inception. So it's like, imagine not offering that to your customers. I think people would be tempted to literally leave their carrier to go to a different carrier over this phone. especially This, phone, this phone is going to be big. Like, you know, BlackBerry 10 users, I, I know, I feel your pain when it comes to, like, it not being BlackBerry 10, like we all, we all feel that same kind of like, man, I, I wish it was, and I wish BlackBerry 10 was headed in that direction we all want it to go. But for BlackBerry right now, in just terms of basic hardware sales, as Chris and both Alex have mentioned, Android is the best option that they have at this point to really make device sales and really come back strong to sell millions of this device, not just you know hundreds of thousands when it first comes out. As I speculated, I think it was back in March when, when we had the Mobile World Congress show, those keys do look like passport keys. So again, they're going to bring BlackBerry's innovative, if they can, that touch keyboard to the slider device as well. It's not just Android, but you're still going to get BlackBerry innovation from the curved screen to the slider mechanism to the keyboard. I mean, this device is going to be pretty solid if it, if it does come in together the way we expect it to. I, I really hope there is a, a really sh hard BlackBerry push on it. I really think at this point it doesn't need to be construed or, or, or messed with or obfuscated with like another Samsung device with a curved screen or, or an LG Flex or, or whatever the case. Like it needs to kind of stand alone. I, I still think like the, the curved edge for me is kind of like a you got to show me how it works. If there's no like cool gestures or things, I don't know. Maybe Alex has built this up for me, right? I'm expecting like all these fancy <laughs> gestures and stuff on the curved edge because Alex's idea about Alex's ideas about UI are so strong, right? Yeah. He's, he's a really precise designer. So with what he can envision in two seconds, what BlackBerry can envision with eight months, I'd expect them to come with some seriously refined product. And I think but that I statement that Chen said, though, like you bring that up, it's not even just me thinking that. The fact that Chen, for whatever reason, 
unless he was just too happy about the edges being curved or whatever, but he said that it's going to be something special. And it's like, well, what the heck is special? We've been seeing curved displays or, you know, the, the edges like that for so long. There's really not been anything that special, but he got so excited about it that I feel like there's got to be something there, whether that's a one quick move to bring you to the hub or whatever it is. But it's like, he got us pumped about it, not me. Yeah. You got, you got me pumped, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really hope that they do something like genuinely special with it and he wasn't just overly excited at that point in time. Yeah. Because thus far, everything that we've seen thus far doesn't there's nothing special about the edge. Like even even people's rumored comments on it don't necessarily say that there's anything special about the edge. But who knows? Oh, we got two of them. I mean Yeah. We got really two. at that kind of point, right? <laughs> And so I want to take a little transition here and let everyone who's watching know, if you want to support Upstream and the continued growth of this podcast, we've created a cool little donation page on Patreon. It's really cool. There's different pledge offerings. You can get things like Veriflow merchandise, shirts, after Upstream audio. Alex has got it here. Check it out. You donate what you want at any time interval you want. And it's really cool. We've got different goals set up on the left-hand side so you can see what we're working toward. Our real goals are getting equipment upgrades for the entire team and as well upgrading and editing upstream so that it is a really, really pristine show for you guys. Because, again, we do this for you. We don't do this for us. We talk amongst ourselves already. We really do do it for you. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you know, a donate here button, as I say, is like just far too conventional, right? We want to give you something back. So check out the pledge tiers here. They're pretty cool. There's a lot of cool stuff, very full shirts, pins, stickers, and exclusive content. So I, I definitely check that out if you're interested in supporting the continued force behind Upstream. So let's talk about Dan Dodge because that's such a huge part of QNX, right? And QNX obviously being the base underlying facet of BlackBerry 10. Now, we, we know he's retiring 35 years with QNX and, and you know, in some time with BlackBerry. We know he's been fundamental in architecting this microkernel, this real-time OS, which works in embedded systems like vehicles, medical equipment. It's even up in space in the space station. So what do you guys think? I almost feel personally, and this is totally a personal opinion, that Dan Dodge saw the move to Android and decided to step back, where he didn't necessarily agree with the direction that BlackBerry may be taking things with their mobile platform, Realizing obviously that the IoT ambitions are a lot bigger, and maybe wanting to recede from the role. I mean, he's also quite old as well. I mean, retirement's retirement. Whether we slice it, you just don't want to necessarily do the job anymore. You want to sit back and see the fruits of your labor, especially after 35 years. I mean, that's over three decades. It's quite a long time. What do you guys feel about the the, uh, the retirement and the resignation of Dan Dodge at QNX? I, I kind of feel like if people are really freaking over or freaking out over it, like, look at QNX, and it's, in a way, like, not revenue-wise exactly, but it's, like, more successful than BlackBerry in a certain way. Like, <laughs> yeah. look how many cars are running on QNX and all of that. It's, like, he would not be leaving at a point where his baby is at its peak. Maybe if it was in a decline, then it's, like, oh, I got to get out of here. But it's, like, it everything aligns that it's, like, he's just retiring. He's, you know, exactly what James said. I, I don't think we should look too much into it. Yeah, pretty much feel the same way as Alex. I mean, he made it a point to say that he was pretty much leaving on his own basis at that point. There was no ill will towards BlackBerry or anything like that, but 
uh, at the same time, there's always going to be conspiracy theories. Well, is he just saying that because he, you know, got paid off for it or whatever? But who cares? I mean, he spent 35 years at the company, and as Alex said, QNX is pretty much more successful than BlackBerry in terms of, of you know, their placement within products and stuff like that. So. If you take QMX and compare it mo mobile phones to cars, it's like a, a volume of six times more. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just if you, I don't know how much Stan Dodge made in his 35 years at QNX, but let's just say that was me and I was working and I reached his age, I'd be Audi too. I'd be like, peace out. Give me a call if you need anything. Somebody right. else <laughs> bought the company. I mean, how many... These days, it, it's not unrealistic for, you know, CEOs and founders to basically leave the company that they sell. It's almost common practice to a certain point, right? So why not? <clears throat> Interesting that he stayed on so long and was actually part of the, you know, executive board on the company, right? He really did kind of define what they were going to do with connected IoT and, and really where they're heading with M2M as well. For a little given period of time, I think he's now, like, solidified on the focus, and he's like, okay, I can step back, right? It's my yeah. time to relax and sit on those on those laurels, you know? Yeah, like I said, if they if they get too far into the weeds and they don't know what to do with it, well, you know, it's only a phone call away. Phone call check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sent an e-check. It'll be there four to five days. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. That's me and Alex. So I'm Let me pay Alex some money for BBM. Right. No, it'll be better that way, so I don't get charged or any, anything crazy, and Alex gets his money in a timely manner as opposed <laughs> to, uh, you know, the next month or whatever the case may be when I feel like getting around to it. <laughs> but I will say, Dan Dodge, you've literally redefined BlackBerry's purpose in this market with your invention of QNX, with them being brought over to the BlackBerry team. It really has, right now, defined the next 10 years of BlackBerry, very likely, because it's enabled them to be a player in a space they weren't, which is this connected IoT space. And I really think now, with Under the Range of John Chen, that future can really be realized. So, of course, a thank you for your time and really supporting the growth of this really innovative product that is now under you know the BlackBerry umbrella. So we, we drink to you tonight, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean that's a that's another uh, interesting point about Dan Dodge leaving. There, as much as I hate to say it, like there wasn't much negativity surrounding it. Like nobody likes the negativity. I was glad to actually see that there wasn't much negativity about his leaving. It was pretty much oh well, he reached thirty-five years, he made some money, he's gonna go kick it in the Caribbean for a while, whatever, right? Like nobody made a big deal out of it. In terms of like, you know, oh my God, QNX is gonna fail now. Like, come on, is this piecing out? It's, <laughs> it's it's really funny because like, <laughs> you look at thirty five years and it's like, what have you done for thirty five years? You know, <laughs> like, <Right? laughs> he deserves his time and some peace. So uh, I'm glad he's finally getting it. And that BlackBerry's under an umbrella now that is really strong and focused because the BlackBerry of 2012 or 2010 when they were bought was a totally different company, right, with totally different ambitions. Now, it really seems to be in a place that it understands and respects the value that QNX brings them and, and that they want to exploit that value 
enhance it and, and you know make it evolve as time goes by. Which again, that's ultimately probably Dan Jod's purpose with building the, the platform that it can continue to grow into the future. And it's already enabled so much in our connected world that you know can only enable so much more as time continues. And BlackBerry's at a point where, of course, they've got the ability to secure that future. Let's hope they can secure their own prior, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's transition here to some awards BlackBerry won quite recently at CTIA Super Mobility. There are awards for WatchDocs by BlackBerry and as well BlackBerry Blend, which for me personally was kind of interesting to see that Blend was getting some recognition because Blend's pretty awesome, right? Modular computing, it disappears as soon as I disconnect. Like, I, I like that. Nothing's ever left on this peripheral device I'm using. I can sign into my buddy's tablet with Blend and sign right off as quickly as I came on. What do you guys think about some of the awards and the recognition that BlackBerry has continued to get? They win Red, Red Dot Design Awards. They've won CTIA a couple of years. They placed first and second on both of these products. What do you guys think about the recognition coming toward BlackBerry? It's always good to be recognized for the work. It's always good to be recognized for the designs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I really wonder like how much, how much does this actually help BlackBerry? You know, there's always that lingering question, like, congratulations, you won an award. What does it mean? You know, <laughs> there's yeah. always that thought in behind, but, you know. Yeah, it, at the very least, though, like, Watch Docs was an acquisition. So it's like, if it's winning an award, at least that's a little bit, like, reinforcement. You probably made a good, you know, acquisition. The, the fact that it's actually getting awards and things, like... I think it's a good thing, but again, yeah, I totally agree with Chris. It really probably doesn't mean all that much unless there's really, well, I don't know, maybe people in I that are doing the, you know, picking out of, hey, are we going to go with watchdogs or are we going to go with this or what are we going to do? If they actually look at these things, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not someone that goes and buys that for companies, um, but realistically, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not out there buying devices depending upon how many awards that they won. So yeah. But there has to I be. I think it's one of those things. Right, and 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 this was an IT kind of like forum, right, where this is really going to be shown to a select group of people, and I think these these awards are what you make of them, and if you really promote them behind what you're doing and what you're building, it can be valuable to you. You know, put it on your you know the splash page you have for Blend that it's an award winner or whatever the case may be it would be beneficial at least to show that recognition off, something BlackBerry needs to do. They need to toot their own horn once in a while with the stuff they're building, and that's something I continue to see as a pushing thing, driving force for them as they go forward, that they need to start harping on some of the things that they do very, very well, which is obviously security, productivity, and mobile-first communications. Like That's what they need to really be like hitting the nail on the head with at this point. But I would agree with both of you guys, it's good to see those awards come through for them, and at this point, any recognition they can get for their services is going to be valuable for them in one way or another, even if it's not directly inherent, you know? Yep. So, as we transition to our final, like, you know, quarter of the show here, <laughs> we get to talk about this random experience that one of our <laughs> editors, Brandon Orr, had, and, and uh, Brandon is a great editor. He lives in Toronto, 
was attending the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, he Before I get started, he did want to apologize that he was unable to be here. He's got some work and refereeing to do at this point, so uh, he's out, probably out on the ice right now as we speak. He attended the event, and while going to different venues at the event, was able to see multiple BlackBerry slider devices, and his approach may not have been the best to get some juicy photos and content for you paparazzi-loving <laughs> uh, BlackBerry fans, but he obviously did get one pretty decent snapshot of a, a gentleman walking with his BlackBerry slider, what looked to be some kind of just basic gel case, kind of just an overall encasing to make the device look as mute as possible and unassuming. Uh, Brandon got this picture. I'm going to pull it up here for those watching. Uh, Alex did a nice little uh, setup here on it. The the image has provoked a lot of conversation and discussion, which I really didn't think it would. I kind of threw it on the on the on the on the very flow channel haphazardly, kind of slapped this logo on. I used the Fetica, by the way, the Fetica Pro BlackBerry 10 native app. Check it out. I used that to slap this logo on. Um, and you see the slider there. If you really are wondering about the authenticity of whether this is actually a slider device, look at the image, zoom in a little bit, and you'll get a, a, a lot better uh, inclination as to what it is. Again, we have the BlackBerry logo at the top, a lot like what we have on the BlackBerry Passport device. A lot of some of the other BlackBerry all-touch form factors have that logo at the bottom. We know that on the BlackBerry slider device, they have a front-facing speaker on the bottom chin, so it would make sense to put that BlackBerry logo at the top. Again, a lot like it is on Passport. You see James, the curved screens. Yes? James, you can just sum it up and say, if you think that it's not a slider, you're just being silly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. It's a damn slider in his hands. Yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty hard to deny. I want to say the edges of the whatever case solution... I mean, if you were to design a case solution for a slider, I would imagine you need almost two pieces, right? You need like a screen piece and then a back piece. Well, I, I don't know how you do a, a unified case solution for a device like this. I, I don't. Does, do you guys have any experience with like 9800 or 98000? Uh, yeah, they use they usually came in like two pieces. So like the back casing would be like on the back, of course, mm -hmm. and it slid down, um, and then the top piece would be. Obviously, on the top. <laughs> they usually, when they when they did the covers, when they did the covers for the 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 screen protector, I guess you could say for like the ninety eight hundred or whatever. That's what they did was they basically made it part of the top piece that sat on top of the screen, and the back piece was the one that slid. So you always had that top piece no matter what, and the bottom piece always slid out. So it's not. It's not entirely unfeasible to have a have a case on the slider because we know for a fact that they did it for the 9800s and the 9810s. So, but whatever they're using on this one, it doesn't it doesn't look as though that it like offers any sort of um, you know screen solution there. It doesn't look like it offers any sort of protection that way. Really, it's probably just something to like you said mute the actual design so that it's less noticeable. People aren't going to be popping out asking, "Who? What's that?" Yeah, I wonder if they're not even allowed to slide it in public. Like that might be one of the, <laughs> the no things they can't do. Well, you never know. No sliding in public, y'all. <laughs> it does look like we're looking at some kind of messenger Android app. You can kind of clearly see the three button, or excuse me, the hamburger hamburger a three line icon at the top right there, which they is, call it the kebab, by the, the way. The kebab. Yeah, and you can kind of see it compared here on that side-by-side -side image that was put up. Pretty interesting, again, that 
the devices out there. The Toronto International Film Festival is like literally the greatest place they could do some kind of really subverse advertising for this type of device. Again, building on that hype. The headline just is it's too good to be true, right? You know. <laughs> Blackberry Venice cited at Toronto Film Festival. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get any more simple than that. I'm glad that Brandon was able to capture this photo. And again, he did mention <laughs> seeing mul multiple devices out there. He's he out there creep shot. <laughs> yeah, he, he's definitely paparazziing on these on these poor phones. Uh, <laughs> he he had, he approached someone with a phone and was like, "Hey, I'm I'm you know I'm with Barry Flow. I, I developed some applications, and you know, is, is that the BlackBerry slider?" And obviously gave himself away in terms of his uh his direct approach there. So <laughs> he was able to grab this photo. It, at least they are out in force, and it really kind of supports the idea that. This device is very likely running Android. If all the previous leaks were questionable, this is just another toss into that hat of questionable at this point. Um, obviously, we'd like to see more of the device. Chris mentioned this a couple uh, streams ago. Now that the device has been shot overseas, it's probably going to leak any minute now or any day now where we're going to see more about this device and and really get a real idea about what it looks like. Chris, this was something that was brought up in your your forum comments, and I wanted to talk about it here. It looks as if there's a silver kind of band around the screen. Would you remark on that? It's at the top there if, if you're looking at the, the stream right now. Yeah, I mean... I don't think there should be really any doubt that BlackBerry's going to toss some silver lining on there. All of the devices that we've seen thus far were early revisions. Nobody can deny that. And even in the renders and stuff like that, there's a silver lining around the outside of like the display. I mean, all you have to do is look at any other BlackBerry design, and you know that they're going to toss some chrome on there to make it look at least a little bit more finished and a little bit more polished. And I fully expect them to like have it you know, down around the bezel of, of the screen and along the sides of the device itself. That just makes, you know, simplistic design sense to be able to go ahead and bring some attention to detail to the design so that it doesn't necessarily look as rough as what it did. A lot of people were put off by some of the early images, and I don't know, I, I don't think the, those early images, even even the most recent ones from, from uh, Vietnam, I don't think that they showed off you know, the, the true nature of the device itself because, you know, they were they were slightly zoomed in and they don't... They, it shows the device looking a little bit more chunkier than what I think it actually really is. I don't, I don't expect it to actually be that chunky. Maybe that right. tall. I mean, I, I fully expect it to be that tall looking, but not as chunky as what it looks in, in, in some of those images. Right. And we've seen that before. Yeah, Brandon mentioned that this gentleman was walking at a pretty, you know, hastily paced and was able to use whatever messaging app or whatever he's doing on, on the device relatively well with one hand, which, again, goes to back to the point where this really isn't going to be a very thick device at all, we can imagine. It's going to be pretty one-hand friendly, which, again, it just goes back to the point where we have this all-touch form factor with BlackBerry, with the keyboard, and you don't have any compromises therein. Passport, it's a little wider, a little bit harder to get in and out of your pocket because it's just so wide. Yeah. Love the real estate you get from it, obviously, right? But this is a form factor that's a little bit more traditional, a little bit more formal for people. And again, you have that informal side where you can slide it up and get that virtual uh, and physical keyboard experience, which is very cool. Do you guys, do you guys remember that picture that 
um, leaked out. It was just basically nothing but the keyboard on the screen, and mm -hmm. it showed like the security login for it. If you yep. look at that picture, and you compare that picture to some of the uh, the the Vietnamese leaks from TechRum and I don't know how to pronounce it, Tenete or whatever. If you look at, at the, the picture with the one where it has the on-screen keyboard, there's actually a silver bezel at the bottom of the display. Most, oh, people, yeah. most people ignored it the very first time that they saw it because it doesn't look like anything. That's but true. if you do the comparison side by side, one of them, the latest, the latest leaks from Vietnam don't show the silver bezel. But that one with the on-screen keyboard actually shows the silver bezel. Now you could argue that it's shadow, or you could argue that it's light. But seems but come pretty, on, <laughs> yeah. I mean, after it everything, everything that we've seen thus far, and putting it all together, you can basically tell that some of them were early revisions. They weren't fully polished. They weren't nice as what they should have been, you know. And you know, the screens are all grimy and yeah. <laughs> greasy as all buttons hell. look a little out of place and the pictures aren't exactly the best, but so Chris, you know, Chris what we saw on the device when it leaked from Vietnam was that really large kind of SIM card slot. We know BlackBerry actually bought a company to do virtual SIMs. Do you really think they're gonna do a dual SIM option on this device? I no. Mean, I think yeah. I, I think if they did, they would be basically cutting off their own money at that point in time, you know? Because like you said, they bought a virtual SIM company. Why on earth wouldn't they offer, you know, two SIMs unless they wanted to double up on their money? You know, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have have a dual SIM device and have two more uh, virtual sims running on it. You could, I suppose, you could make money that way. You could have essentially four lines running on a cell phone, but the more virtuous solution obviously needs carrier support as well. And I don't, I don't think that BlackBerry is going to toss a dual sim in there. Yeah, I will definitely say, you know, the sim slot looks horrendously large. But again, I, I attribute some of that to the pictures. But I think. I don't think it's a dual SIM device at this point. I think you're only going to get one SIM card slot, and if you want to want to add any sort of additional line or anything like that, you're going to have to have to go by uh, go by Work Life by BlackBerry. <laughs> Please, Mover to Work Life, go get it. Go enable, you know, go beg your carrier first to support it, and then get it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's the problem they use. Which is which is part of the yeah exactly. Which is part of the other problem because I what. What was it? We saw uh, uh, some Russian type BlackBerry U or whatever. They showed off some of the the UI for enabling additional SIM card slots. Well, not additional SIM card slots, but additional lines. You know that that stuff has been in beta for months. It, it's just the fact that you need to essentially have a carrier to be able to go ahead and enable it for you. Yep. If you look in your phone app right now on BlackBerry 10 and you hit the overflow, you're going to see a change phone line grayed out because, again, yeah. as Chris just mentioned, you have to get your carrier to enable it for you. But that stuff is there, and I really think with that said that BlackBerry 10 has a future. It, it's, it's a very specific one. It's a very guided one to the enterprise and corporate world and governments that need that, that aren't even going to look at Android, you know, the ones that are like, Android? Not even, you know? I don't care what you say. I don't care if you secured it. We want to holistic BlackBerry end-to-end -end experience so we can guarantee the security to the utmost, right? 
And that, that still leaves a point. If this device is really, this slider device, excuse me, is really a full Android device, then it brings up the point that BlackBerry 10 still has a value proposition. That value proposition is now just more guided and more specific, which again can allow them to work with their enterprise sales teams to offer Android to those basic enterprises that need a mobile security device and then offer a top-tier enterprise offering for those other companies that want BlackBerry as their end-to-end -end solution. Alex, what are, what are some of the takeaways that you had from this uh, awkward experience from Brandon at the Toronto Film Festival? <laughs> um, I think it's good to at least get a few pictures, well, one picture, uh, that shows that's really not as thick as some people think. I know a lot of us were saying, you know, the day that all those pictures came out, they were terrible angles. They made it look a lot thicker than it was. Then there are other rumors saying that it was like 9.3 millimeters, 9.7 millimeters, which is thinner than the Z30. So I think that's a little bit more realistic, especially seeing this picture. And the fact that we're actually seeing some in the wild, um, I think that just means it's getting closer and closer. We already know that it was close anyway, but definitely a weird experience. Uh, kind of nice to see, though. Um, I don't know. We'll see more hopefully soon. What about the what about the moral integrity of Brandon uh, creeping on this? <laughs> trying to get this photo. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? It's probably not would, the first. Would you time. have done the same thing? Would you have done the same thing? Because I would have. I, I would have been super slick about it. Like. Yeah, I probably would have tried <laughs> to take a few more pictures than that. I'm not gonna lie. I it's a little bit embarrassing. He only took one picture, but at least it turned out well. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, we were talking before upstream. Uh, went live that it was like, wow, a, past, a BlackBerry device took a non-blurry photo in good daylight while moving. Like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, BlackBerry can actually take photos, guys. I, I know. I know it's crazy. Crazy thought. <laughs> Especially when we look at like back at the, the bold camera that didn't even have autofocus on the 9900. The phone that they re-released for some reason to, with a pre-order, which is just bewildering to me. But I think it's been a pretty good cast. We've covered across those this week of news. Um, looking forward to maybe some more BlackBerry Venice uh, slider sightings in the future. I, I think the hype needs to keep building, and as Chris said, there is a deadline. There is a too late time with this device, and if it is to come, and it is to come in the way that it's appearing to come, it needs to do so sooner rather than later, and I think we all will co-sign on that fact. <laughs> yeah. Alex will wait, though, because he's on Verizon. He'll take whatever he can get. Uh. <laughs> Alex is super frustrated by my Verizon jokes. That's all, all, all we put him up against. <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, this has been an awesome start to our Season 5 of Upstream. Every season we do is about 16 episodes long, and we just broke 64, jumping into 65. I look forward to many more with you guys as we continue the dialogue, the consistent dialogue around BlackBerry. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much for watching. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Bye. Peace.